Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Smells Like Business, a podcast for anyone who wants to learn more about the current and future state of cannabis in Europe. Every episode we talk to different business owners and cannabis specialists, making it easier for you to enter and better understand the cannabis industry. On this episode, we are talking with Hanna Gabrielova, the CEO and founder of HempPoint. HempPoint is a company based in Czech Republic that collaborates with farmers to produce the highest quality organic hemp seeds. They also distribute different hemp seed varieties to growers around the world, as well as produce their own hemp food products, such as hemp tea and hemp oil. Hannah has also been very vocal and active in trying to bring hemp into the spotlight and show the economic and sustainable benefits it can have by getting involved with different initiatives and focus groups which are in dialogue with the EU and other governments from around the world. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for joining the show. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you for having me. I'm living during this lockdown at the farm or close by, so it's nice to be in the nature and not in the cities. Yes, well, if you're going to be stuck, I think on a farm surrounded by nature is definitely the place to be. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's get started. So how would you describe Hemp Point in your own words? Hemp Point, first of all, grows hemp in the collaboration with Biofarm Sasov. So we manage their hemp program. So we're using the big infrastructure of the farm to run our hemp cultivations. And then Hemp Point also distributes the seeds to the farmers because my background is agriculture. So we buy the seeds from different breeders in Europe and we resell them to the farmers. We do also own line of hemp food because we harvest our hemp by hand for flowers and we do herbal tea production. So we supply the, the herbal tea material to the big herbal tea companies in, in Europe or in UK, in, in Austria. Like, yeah, we just like trying to bring the, the products closer to the people who never really experienced the taste of hemp. We keep doing these festivals with the Hemp Point booth in Czech Republic and offering the taste of hemp food to the people. Well, I can imagine it's a lot easier to destigmatize hemp and get people behind it when they can actually see it and touch it and, and taste it. And if I'm not mistaken, don't you also run workshops yourself in Czech Republic? At our farm, we have an education room, so there sometimes I run one-day training for people from Czech Republic who want to like learn more about hemp. And then we did also some bigger conferences in Nepal. We did Asian Hemp Summit in Kathmandu twice, which was like bigger one, which actually started to accelerate some movement of the people involved in the government. And now we started the process of changing the regulation in Nepal. Actually, now I'm working on the rescue plan for uh, Nepal after COVID <laughs> by hemp. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very interesting, though. I mean, if you can help change laws and regulations and legislation in actual countries and the fact they're actually listening to you, I mean, that's just awesome. But yeah, so what actually made you decide to enter the world of hemp? Well, it was life journey. When I was like studying agriculture in Budweis in my hometown in Czech Republic, there was the request, yeah, that we have to do some thesis about some topic. And I wasn't really sure which topic I want to choose. And a few weeks before, I got a book from Czech Herrer in my hands, This Emperor Wears No Clothes. And I oh, was yeah. like, wow. <laughs> 
just need to be studying more. So I study growing of hemp in Czech Republic and I did some comparison experiment. And then I was working as a volunteer for NGO Konopa in Czech Republic, which was founded in 1999 and I joined them in 2000. And we did some hemp expos in Czech Republic and we was joining the festivals and always doing hemp stand. So I kind of like, well, maybe I should just like go fully in hemp. Yeah, so it all started with Jack Herrer's book, huh? The Emperor Wears No Clothes. Yeah. It's a very good book. I think apparently it's like one of the top best-selling hemp books of all time. So that's definitely a good book to start this lifelong mission. Correct, yeah. It feels like there's a bit of a revival in hemp. People are talking about it. People are starting to use it a bit more. I mean, do you feel that as well? I think it's becoming more and more mainstream, but not mainstream enough to really make the (laughs) big change in the agriculture industry. Yeah, and I feel that another problem is is that there is no sort of EU set standard or EU guidelines. Is that something you'd like to see come into legislation or be regulated a little better? You make these novel food regulations and then like everybody's surprised why they did it, yeah? Yeah. Of course they did it because more than half products on the European market was full of carcinogens, yeah? So this is something what hemp industry should never be able to even deliver to the market if they really responsible. They are not, so this is what happened now. And yeah, this is it. So basically the regulations are not done because hemp industry didn't deliver the, the standards. We should like be able to open the dialogue with the regulators, tell them this is how we produce it, this is how we're doing it, this is our nomenclature, this is our taxonomy, this is our standard, this is how we produce it safe. Please make it regulation for this market because this is the revenue we can make. This never happened from the side of hemp industry. Yeah, I mean, you're the ones that have all the knowledge and know what should be regulated and how it should be regulated. So yeah, you need to create that dialogue and create some sort of standard. So if someone wanted to start growing their own hemp in Europe, how would they go about starting that process? Well, first, uh, depends on which country they are. So they have to check the regulations of that countries because in Czech Republic, it's pretty easy to do it. We don't have special licensing for hemp farmers. So it's like one page document. Not a big deal, but some countries, they the required license. Then they have to find somebody who will help them to farm that. If they are farmers, they can go straight away. Like they have to find somebody who is able to supply the seeds and choose which seeds they want to grow. This is very different if you grow for fiber, where you need to plant 80 kilo per hectare. And if you're growing for flour, you put just like two kilo per hectare, yeah? So it's like big, big difference. That's a huge difference. And I also noticed that you have quite a large selection of hemp seed varieties. You've got many French and Hungarian varieties. I think you've got a few Italian and Polish ones too. So is there actually a big difference in which variety you choose and what purpose you choose it for? Like if I wanted to grow for fiber, for instance. Of course, you will be choosing the varieties which are breed it for fiber and not for seeds production, which are breeded for your region. If you live in Greece, you will probably take the Romanian variety because they are closer to your place. If you will grow for fiber, you will probably take like Polish variety or like Hungarian variety. Yeah, so you always have to okay. think like this is the plant which was breeded this place. So Okay. And I also noticed that you only distribute organic hemp seeds. Is there a big difference between organic hemp and non-organic hemp? 
If you're doing organic, you respect the nature, yes? So I like to respect nature. People asking me if I can help them to sell the hemp flowers. I always ask them, are they organic? I'm happy to help you. Like, are they organic? No, they are not organic. It's like, I'm sorry, I cannot help. And is the industry organic enough, in your opinion? Or is it actually going in that direction? And does it depend what you're actually growing your hemp for, whether you actually need to be organic or not? If you grow hemp for food, it should be organic definitely because hemp is used also for phytoremediation. So it's absorbed many heavy metals and chemicals which are in the soil, which other plants just leave it there. You don't want to have really contamination in your food. So I think hemp food should be definitely organic. Medicine 100%, like all these CBD companies doing CBD non-organic, I don't really get it. I better choose something which is organic if I use it for my health. But also, if you want to use hemp just for fiber production, you can grow hemp organically without using pesticides and herbicides on a non-organic land to improve the quality of the soil. They sequestrate the carbon, they help protect the soil against erosion, they help to increase the quality of the structure of the soil. So, I mean, it's a good thing. Okay, so if you're growing hemp for fiber, you don't actually necessarily need to grow on organic land. As long as you're not using, like you said, pesticides or herbicides, you can still grow it organically. And if anything, it'll actually help improve the land. And is there anything you're working on at the moment to help hemp become more mainstream here in Europe? Now we will have opportunity to share our knowledge about hemp to the official European Union group, creating the programs and suggesting European Commission on what they have to focus. It's focus group, right? Okay. So... I hope we can still do some work to talk more about hemp in Europe. European Commission, they published the European Green Deal in December, which is the document proposing the green industry and the climate law in Europe for the decade. And European Union, they were spending a lot of money on like research projects during the last 30 years to research on hemp and there is a lot of publications and scientific background how hemp can really do the great job for the European Green Deal, yeah? So I hope somebody will evaluate that spending money <laughs> and bring this research to the table. Or at least if nobody, I will do yeah. that. Like on this like fo- focus group, yeah, that's going to be my next step. There is a huge hundreds of billions of euro to be spent on developing the European Green Deal, yeah. So there should be like chance also for hemp industry to get more funding to be invested in building the infrastructure because what's slowing down the hemp industry in Europe, it's not existence of the infrastructure, yeah. And like building infrastructure for hemp costs a lot of money because need to be like special one, big one, special machines, processing plants. So it's a lot of money to be spent to really make it work on the big scale in Europe, yeah. Yes, well, let's hope that Europe does start investing into the hemp industry and creating an infrastructure on a large scale, because that does sound like one of the big issues. But it seems like you're creating that dialogue and hopefully... If you can introduce hemp into this green deal, then we should be on the right path. And hopefully Europe can create more sustainable industries using hemp. 
Yeah, and I hope this understanding potential of HAM will also help uh, European Commission to make harmonization for regulation in hemp production because the problem what we're facing with the hemp industry right now in Europe still kind of like recognized as a drug, like hemp tea, for example, my experience, yeah, I'm trading hemp tea and I'm not able to ship my hemp tea from Czech Republic to UK. Because uh, once I did, then get stuck in the France where they have like different regulations for tea and I cannot like deliver it to UK. And since we are like free trade, European Union, yeah, it has like four pillars. One of that is like four pillars, free, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like free trade and like free trade. Come on, like what, what are you talking about? Like free trade, not for hemp industry, 100% not. I'm like, not, don't agree on that. Yeah. So if you want to make like free trade, include the hemp industry, which also making revenues for your budget, please try to do some kind of harmonization because otherwise you cannot really like use this free trade word at all. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and What countries in Europe are actually taking the most advantage of hemp? I heard somewhere that almost half of the crops are grown in France. Yeah, yeah, France. France is the one who who helped to develop the regulation for them to be legal to grow them in Europe. Because they have like big tradition of, of industrial hemp grown there. And also like the organization of hemp production is partly state-owned. So it's really interest of, of the country yeah yeah i think in another interview you gave i think it, it might have even been with hemp today i read that you said that about half of the hemp seeds needed in europe are actually imported from like canada and china is that actually still the case and would you like to see that change it's every year better because the average of the hectares of hemp in europe it's growing so the self-efficiency of hemp seeds in europe should be better We still have to import some seeds. It's probably less than half, but we have to keep in mind that maybe half of the seeds we use in Europe are going to the animal feeding. Really? So. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, maybe less than half, but in Canada they have like five percent, and in the US they have it prohibited. For humans, it's okay. Animals can do it. <laughs> so. Ah, crazy. Well, so how would you like to see the hemp industry develop in Europe over the next five, ten years? I think we are on the track. We have this green deal. We just like now going to introduce hemp there. And, and then finally, I hope European Union will understand this big potential and all the money they invest in, in all this research program. They will take it in and just start to support hemp production big time. Yeah, because otherwise... They have no sources, like replace the fossil fuels. They have no, no technologies to sequester enough carbon. They have no way to regenerate the land and, and the soil and the fields. So all the industries need hemp to be, to be more local. And because hemp can be used in so many industries, so then we can really start to becoming more local efficient as well. Yeah. If we start to accelerate local production of hemp in every country. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully, like you said, I mean, they've done a lot of research and what you're just hoping is they'll actually start investing uh, heavily in hemp and, and support the industry so we can actually be more sustainable and be more local as well. I don't really like see much another like better option. I, I was studying like environment long time and comparing hemp with other sources and there is no one unique single plant which can be used for wearing, feeding, Medicine, building, biofuel, supercapacitors, plastic. One plant, but with so many different applications. I mean, it's uh, 
Wow, it's it's quite special, really, Al- almost magical. <laughs> and it's amazing crowd that we have to use straight away, <laughs> because otherwise we don't survive. Yeah, hemp is like my survival plan. Yeah, I really start to work on hemp just because I wanted to see a much greener and better future, and I still believe that with hemp we can do it. And if I will not work on that, I'm just not helping survive on this planet and I still have this feeling it's sometimes like very deep in my soul that this need to happen and 100% convinced it's going to happen just depends like when and when depends on how many people will join this mission because I cannot do it alone no I'm just happy now we created the Hemp the Climate Initiative which is the new project I'm working on with the very smart people it's a project which will accelerate the research and create a carbon offset program for hemp farmers that they can not only like produce cool products from hemp, but also create the credit of offsetting CO2 from, from air. Yeah. And they can like get paid a little bit extra. And yeah. And there we getting in touch with the experts from, as I said, carbon offsetting, but sustainable development and very smart people who never really was working in the hemp industry, but they understand the hemp potential or they want to understand and know more about that. So we're working on this project together to really like make this mission happen finally. So I'm very happy that we started. So it also has some membership. So if somebody wants to join our mission, this is probably the best way to join the hemp the climate right now. But if someone did want to join this initiative, how would they go about doing it? Yeah, it's a the webpage called hempdeclimate.com. Hemp the climate, yeah? You want to help the climate, so you go hemp, hemp the climate. Nice one. I like that. Good play on words. Yeah, we're just building the team. So if somebody really open to volunteer or open to membership, we are very happy for like getting more people in and even like companies can partner with us. So this is going to be a common initiative for all the people who really understand the environmental and social benefits of industrial hemp and want to participate on this global change. Especially for the after COVID, it's maybe good because now it's very frustrating to live. Everybody sitting home, cannot go anywhere. So I'm very happy that we have this hemp, the climate initiative and we have calls and meetings and we're working all together to really accelerate the change keeping yourselves busy yeah yeah and also like doing something for a better future you know because if you are just sitting home and observing what's happening in the world and you have no possibility to work on something which can bring some positive change it can be very frustrating yeah especially at the moment with coronavirus you know if you've got nothing to do and you're just staying at home twiddling your thumbs yeah, it can be very frustrating. So if you can get involved in something meaningful, then please do so. And the more people that know about this, the more we can create a movement. No, it's going to happen, definitely. This is really just a question of the mindset of the people. If more people want to do it, we will do it sooner. Do it sooner and together, yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where can our listeners find out more about you and, and Hempoint? Uh, like Hempoint has a webpage, hempoint.cz. There are a few articles about myself on hemptoday.net. Yeah, and there is a Czech hemp cluster where it's like information about like what we do on hemp, checkhemp.cz. Just one H. One H, okay. So checkhemp.cz and then hemppoint.cz. 
hemptoday.cz and then also uh, hemptoday.com, did you say? Dot net. Dot net. net, sorry, yes. Okay, great, great. And hemptoclimate.com. Oh, yes, and if you want to get yourself involved, check out hemptheclimate.com, very important. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for taking the time to have this call. It's been wonderful chatting with you. I wish you much success moving forward and, and with all your initiatives. Thank you very much for letting me share my story. Hope it will be inspiring for somebody. You're welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure, Hannah. So that was Hannah, the CEO and founder of HempPoint, as our guest. If you want to find out more about what they do, make sure to check their website at www.hemppoint.cz. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and check out our website at www.smellslikebusiness.com. I've been your host, Tom. Have a green day, everybody. Business. Smells like business.